Greetings in Jesus' name here to everyone here this morning. It's a blessing we can meet to worship him. I uh, consider it a treat to be here this morning. It seems like a long time. I don't know exactly how long it's been, but I think it's been several months. And it's way too long. I'll try to do better. It's just the way the calendar works out sometimes. But what a blessing to be here among believers that love the Lord. I appreciate those songs, Brother Daniel. But that, that first song, I thought that was very appropriate for before worship, where it says, Come in heaven-bound pilgrims, seek now his blessing and learn of his ways, and humble devotion bow low at his feet, in true spirit worship his favor and treat. that beautiful? That's what we're here, to worship him. Then it said something uh, that I wondered, I don't know if I qualify here, Pray too for God's servant that they may declare the message of truth with an anxious desire. Do you like that? I feel like I have a good bit of anxious desire. Maybe it shows too much sometimes. But uh, I thought that was interesting how the man of God was thinking about that. That all may be enkindled. I think that was you, the recipients, with heavenly fire. May we see God's word as that way in our lives. I think it make all the difference in the world. So I'm glad to be here among believers that love the Lord. You know, I had to think it's, it's a blessing to be part of a local body. Talked to somebody about a church yesterday. And they said, you know, I said, you go to church uh, much, you know. And it's one of our neighbors there. And he said, no, no, you know, you don't, I don't have to do that, you know. But I can still be a believer. Well, I guess I had enough anxious desire that the Lord opened the, um, the mouth of the speaker. I mean, the one that was listening at that time. And we did encourage him that, you know, there's a lot of fellowship encouragement with brotherhood. Amen. We're here to be we're strengthened in the Lord, encouraged in the Lord. What if you didn't go to church for 10 years? Could you make it? Maybe. Would it be a lot more struggles? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we sat here and we heard the word of God. We were strengthened in the inner man and we left stronger than we came. Now, that's God's intent. And I love that. So we're part of a body that loves the Lord and we voluntarily chose that. I'm glad for voluntary churches. Voluntary in and it's voluntary out. I hate to say that, but it is. If you don't like the church, that's the way it goes. And some people do that. But I'm glad that we can look at a church and we can look at what they stand for, the doctrines of the word, the, the principles they stand for, and the applications they have, and say, we, we appreciate that. I think it is good in this day and age that, uh, to commit to God and then a body of believers. It, it's really helpful. and it, it brings a lot of support. And we need that kind of support. Well, in 1 John, the word know and knoweth is 30 Three times. And I'm glad that we can know we're his child. You know, I don't know who your, you know, I don't know all your daddies, but you know that you're from so and so's family, don't you? I mean, if you'd sit there and say, oh, I question that. Jay, are you from Glenmore? No, I don't believe so. Well, he could defend that vehemently and valiantly, you know? And, uh, and I would expect that to be. And so we know who our father is. 
And that makes a world of difference how we live. You know, 1 John has a, a lot of things for our encouragement. And this epistle was wrote for uh, a community of believers that were facing heresy. Maybe as much as we, I kind of doubt it, but maybe as much as we are. And uh, he, John sought to encourage the members to live the kind of life that was consistent with fellowship with God and Jesus and fellow believers. So John deals with themes such as righteousness, truth, love, assurance for believers, and loving your brethren. <laughs> and all those good, a lot of those good things, I can't say all good things. And he didn't merely talk about religious requirements, but he talked about religious, religious realities. And that's a good way to look at it. Therefore, we need to remember that Christian doctrine is the basis of this book, and it's a primary concern of quality of Christian living. Christian doctrine. And it's critically important. Christian lifestyle is what the book you're writing is your Christian lifestyle. But you really, when you, when you get uh, questioned, you will only stand for biblical doctrine. In other words, what you believe in your heart. Doctrine is terribly critical. And I know I can, I, I, sometimes I wonder, do I preach Christian doctrine? Do I? Well, I believe in preaching the Bible, okay? And the Bible is doctrine. It has a lot of Christian doctrines, loaded with Christian doctrine. And, and that is very true. You know, will you defend church only if you believe it's a good biblical doctrine? Will you defend righteousness and holy living only if you feel like it's a good Christian, a biblical doctrine? What we believe as doctrine is critically important to your lifestyle. Always remember that. And another thing remember that is getting challenged nowadays, your doctrine is no better than your practice. Your doctrine is no better than your practice. And that gets challenged because sometimes in my own life, my practice, where well, I believe this, I believe this. And you, know, you can list a lot of things you believe, but then how do we practice it? That, that's, that, that's how it's manifested. So I'm glad that the Bible's for doctrine. And he lists psalms for very fundamental Christian living. So, so I looked at this book. I found the number of kingdom principles that are going to be called kingdom principles. And, you know, it's wonderful that we're in the kingdom of God. Every Christian here this morning is part of the kingdom of God. If they've sold out and surrendered, they gave their all to the Lord, they're part of the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know if we really get thrilled that much about this kingdom as much as we should. Because there's the kingdom of this world, there's a kingdom of evil, and it's the kingdom that you, we was in before we accepted Jesus in the kingdom of God. That's the other kingdom we was in. Now, I, there's, there is manifestations of that. Well, they were, we were slaves unto Satan. Scripture says we were slaves unto Satan. And that's true. And so there in that kingdom, I don't know what you think about when you think about what's manifested in that kingdom. But one thing it is, they live for pleasure. You've noticed that? They live for pleasure. What else to do? Uh, they like money. 
They spend money on themselves. They love money. We're talking about the kingdom of darkness. They, they love doing it their way. Have you noticed that? You know, if it isn't the way they want it to be, well, you can have a real fight over that. I mean, it's just a lot of, uh, they don't like giving in. No, I mean, it needs to be their way. Um, they love a self-centered life. Uh, they don't mind causing squabbles, conflict. They don't mind that. They, in fact, they, some people seem to enjoy it. I, I wish that would always stay outside. Don't you wish that was always just to be outside? There's a lot of things that uh, are there. You think about what's out there. And see, that's the other kingdom. It's good to think about that because the kingdom of God and of righteousness is a totally different kingdom. You know, it, it's a kingdom where Jesus is the head of their life. He rules. He's, he, he's the leader. And so there's peace there with God. And there's peace with their fellow men. They don't live for themselves. They live for Jesus. That's the total motto. I'm living for Jesus. And so this would be a radically different uh, kingdom. They, 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 uh, they love to submit to Jesus. Uh, in fact, they're unique. They get along with people. They'll submit to standards of a church. They'll submit to the brothers and sisters. This is the kingdom that we're in. It's a beautiful kingdom. It's, it, they, they love peace. But not the expense of holiness. Holiness brings people together. If we're all wanting to do God's way, the way he wants to do it, guess what? It brings us together. That's beautiful. You know, they care about each other. And they help out each other just, well, they love each other. It's amazing. It's amazing. That's the kingdom we're in. It's nice to think about those things because it's such a blessing. Well, in John, there's a number of things that really stand out. If the Lord tarries, we're going to talk about all these with time. And uh, this morning, we're going to look at the first one, it's obedience. It's a fundamental basic principle in this kingdom is obedience. In fact, if a person doesn't obey, they're out of the kingdom. Uh, you, you know, that's the way it was in rulers years ago. If you have a hierarchy, you didn't listen to him, you didn't submit to him, you were out. You were toast. Well, here, you aren't toast, but you are leaving his kingdom. You know, he still loves you, but you're outside the circle, okay? Obedience. They do righteousness. They do not practice sin. That's two different ones. They love not the world. That's number four. They love the brethren, and they look forward to his return. That's six of them. Lord willing, with time, we'll get all six of them. I don't think I'm going to have each one as a whole sermon. I could, and I would enjoy it, but it gets kind of long after a while. But the first one we like to look at is in 1 John. That's, that's toward the back. That's not St. John. This is this is St. John writing, but it's 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. My little children, these things I write unto you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the perpetuation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Now this, by the, now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. Now I, I just love the way he starts here. He said, he said, look, we're God's standard is to, not to sin. 
And I hope you as Christians can appreciate that standard because it's God's standard. Now, I know when we look in the mirror, we don't see that lived out on a regular basis. You know, because we are people that do sin. Uh, he said, if you say you have no sin, you lie and do not the truth. And that is, that is true because we do sin. But he said, look, you're not, you are not eternally lost just because you sin. You're only eternally lost if you don't accept Jesus as your Savior. And don't accept his, his uh Blood on your sins. So I'm glad he says you have an advocate with the Father. And an advocate means an intercessor. And we know that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and for me. And when we sin, I don't even question. He says, look, give Claire more time. Give him mercy. And I need that. We all need that when we sin. And give him mercy. And so we have an advocate. We have a helper there. And John says also that very same word advocate there in John is uh, numerous times is translated the comforter. The comforter, which we all enjoy as his children. The comforter. And you know what the comforter does? He convicts. When we sin, he convicts us of sin. So we have one at the right hand of the Father saying, Lord, give him time. We have... Uh, the advocate in our hearts and in our lives saying, look, that was wrong, that was sin, you need to repent. And then, thank God, we can repent. And we know that we can be forgiven of our sins and we can get back in the right relationship with Jesus. And that's a tremendous blessing. Now, I said, if you know this, you're going to keep my commandments. Now, that's a beautiful thought. It's just a very basic, basic one. Because he says, look, this is a beautiful planet man could never devise on their own. You could never brew this up on your own. How wonderful God, the plan is that God, that, you, that, that Jesus gave, that Jesus came to earth and you can be saved. You can be one of his children. It's also a beautiful plan that once you sin again, you're not doomed, okay? It isn't one strike and you're out. It isn't even three strikes and you're out, okay? As long as you come back to him, and repenting of your sin, you can strike out three times in one day and still be forgiven. Now, we'll talk about that. The next sermon will help you not do that on a regular basis, okay? But you can, if that happens on a bad day, that can happen. He said, look, why would that be? He said, if you keep my commandments, if you're going to keep, because you know what he's done for you, it brings a reverence in your life. A uh, oh, so obedience. Now, it's so important. I... Uh, to, to realize and understand the unfathomable truth that we can have fellowship with God. Back a few chapters, 1 John uh, 5, verses 2 and 3 says, Whosoever believes that Jesus Christ is born of God, and everyone who, excuse me, I jumped in at 1, I went verses 2 and 3, it says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. It's all about love, okay? Now I know love gets uh, warped out of place sometime, but how much do we as Christians love Jesus. Uh, one thing I've noticed. <clears throat> we had a few children in our day. And they were all born a normal children. Okay? I'll, just, I'll just stay there. And, uh, 
But you know, you knew when you told them to go do something, whether they liked it or not, if they loved you, they'd do it. And, and you know what? You knew that they weren't respecting you and caring about what you said. They said, I don't want to do that. I'm out. I'm going out to do something else. They knew that things wasn't going. You knew that things wasn't going the way they should. Uh, I've even heard parents say, when a child talked or did something disrespectful, say, yes, daddy. I like that. I wish I'd have known that. I'd have told that to my children. <laughs> you know, when they didn't want to do it, I'd say, yes, daddy. And they knew you knew what that meant. What I said was law and order. It's good for you. You do it. Or we'll have some more love in this relationship. You know what that, yeah. And there's a lot of parents that don't do that anymore. Good parents do. Because one of the best things we can train our children is that there's authority in our life and you need to listen to them. You need to listen to them. You need to be obedient. A lot of children aren't trained obedience so they don't learn obedience to Jesus. And guess what? They end up rebelling against Jesus a lot. And it may have started as a home. You know, to have love sessions with our children, to have, help them learn authority in their lives, is blessing them in a tremendous way. Show love to your children. You know, what you say, do it carefully and kindly, but it's, yes, daddy, when he speaks. And that's the way it is with the word of God. Because it's out of love. Your daddy cares. Now, your earthly daddy don't care as much as your heavenly father does. Not near as much. Because your heavenly dad, your earthly dad don't have a big plan and know what's perfect for you. Your heavenly father has a big a plan and knows the big picture and knows what's exactly best for you. And so it's good when we read the word of God to say, yes, father, that's what I want to do. That's a tremendous blessing. So when Jesus is the head of our life, we, out of love, we obey. It's directly related. In fact, any, any lack of obedience is always a lack of love for God. And it challenges me. Because it is fairly easy to say and read, you shall, we shall, we should, and I do, we should love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. Right? That's what we say. That's what we believe. But if we believe that and we truly practice that, you know what is the proof in the pudding? What is the fruit? Complete obedience. Complete, cheerful obedience. Now that might go against your nature because all of us have a nature that isn't that way. I didn't have to train my children. Now look, buck against mama whenever you can. I didn't have to train them that. They would do that naturally. They did that on daddy too. You know what I mean? Just buck. Be, be rebellious. Even sass a little bit. You're, you know, maybe if you get trained not to do that, you know, just don't obey. Just, and always, always question what they say. Always do that. See, that's out there in that kingdom. That's the other kingdom, brothers and sisters. We're in another kingdom. See, this is very basic and fundamental, this kingdom. And if we don't get this, nothing else will work out. Because we have to love Jesus. If this is going to be a correct relationship that's going to lead me to heaven, you to heaven, obedience is paramount. Obedience is paramount. What an opportunity to show my love to Jesus by quick, cheerful obedience. Well, what an interesting and beautiful thought. Hmm. I 
once heard a preacher say, according to word, I haven't heard for years. He, I don't know if it's new to him. I don't know if it's new, but he called it love obedience. Love obedience. Because obedience always for Jesus is out of love. It's a test of our love. Love obedience. I like that. Do you have a lot of love obedience for Jesus in us? Sure. Same sounds warm and cozy, doesn't it? Yeah. It's good to practice. That's what God wants us to do and have in our life. Well... It's one thing to say we love Jesus. It's another thing. It's, it's, a ple- it's our pleasure to enjoy it and practice it. <clears throat> I don't know how you do when you read this book, but this book here isn't always just salve on the Christian's back. Have you ever noticed that when you read the good book? If it just pats you on the back, you're a unique way of reading it. This thing has a way of uh, exposing... Uh, carnality, may I say, and directing us in the ways of holiness. Have you ever noticed that? If you read the Bible through and you read it with an earnestness, it'll speak to you. You know why? Because he loves you. He wants us as his believers to reflect of his holiness. And how do you do that? We don't always do what we was. We, we, we're, just supposed to, we, we, we're supposed to sanctify the Lord in our hearts. How do you do that? You keep following him. You keep reading the word. And you say, look, there's better days ahead. I don't have to do what I did uh, last week. I don't do that again. You know, maybe you didn't do anything wrong last week. But I go back to that. I don't have to respond to that corner. I don't have to do that. I repent of that. And guess what? He speaks to us. And because of love, obedience is starting to work. You know, we ask him for help and he helps us. And we need that. We need that. So we read. We have an earnest desire for the word. We read it diligently, and we read it to obey. We read it to please the author. He's our Savior. He loves us. I read a poem by Daniel Wehmer, and I thought I spoke well to this. By thy blessed word obeying, and I, I just, I'm sure we feel this way, but I thought I spoke the words real good. It says, by thy blessed word obeying, Lord, we prove our love sincere. For we hear thee gently saying, love will do as well as hear. Dear Redeemer, we would hallow all thy words so firm and true. In thy footsteps meekly follow thy commandments we love to do. Fain hearts thy name professing, thy commandments cast aside. But we feel thy great salvation in and in all thy truth abide. Every word thy mouth has spoken is essential in our life. All thy mandates love betoken to oppose them is but strife. In thy wisdom, Lord, confiding, we will follow in thy way. With thy love in us abiding, tis delight to obey. Beautiful. Tis delight to obey. Each commandment thou hast given is a waywalk on the road leading up from earth to heaven to the blessed throne of God. That's beautiful. I hope Jesus can say that about me. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. Well, the psalmist said this. I like to look at a few verses in Psalm 119. And this is a heart for a man that loves the word of God as we Christians do. And it's inspiring to read. He, he wrote, uh, 
A psalm just loaded with how much he loves the Lord. And he loves his precepts, his judgments, his commandments. I'd like to read all. Let's see. Verse 2. Uh, it said, blessed are those who keep that, that's testimonies who seek him with the whole heart. Uh, verse 4. You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Uh, verse 6. Then I would not be ashamed when I look into all your commandments. Verse 9 and 10. How can a young person, man person, cleanse his ways by taking heed according to thy word? With a whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. For thy, word, for thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. This is a person that loves the Lord. They love his word. I tell you, you can tell they're in love with Jesus. And that's a beautiful, beautiful scenario for the Christian. If we're going to obey him, we're going to love what he says. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever had a good friend and, they're, and you're talking with them about one of your common things, okay, whatever it may be, and you just kind of tune them out. What, how boring. You know, you know, you know, sometimes I have to think, well, you know, maybe that's the way I do too much with God's word. We don't want to be that way. A few more verses. Verse 33. The same uh, psalm. Teach me, O Lord, uh, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the paths of your commandments, for I delight in it. I delight in thy word. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness, all oh, those remedies over our, our way, our hankerings. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. Oh, how beautiful. What a life serving Jesus. What a, what a thrill to read his commandments. What a blessing to do that. I heard a saying, I used to hear it more than I do now, something about like, it goes, God said it. And I believe it, and that settles it. Have you ever heard something like that? Have you ever heard that? Kind of a trite saying, actually. But I think it could be true if we say it right. God said it, and that settles it. And I believe it. Amen? God said it, and that settles it. And I really think that's where we ought to read God's word. See, God has a master plan. And God, you know, we can see, you can just read the Bible. And I'm just amazed. Uh, in my daily reading, again, I'm attempting with God's help to read the, uh, the book through in one year. Which isn't that hard. I mean, it takes 20 minutes a day. I mean, excuse me. But <laughs> I said, and, uh, and I've been so blessed by doing that. I'm reading about David, Okay. And there's no question, David, if God won him off the map, he had plenty of choices, a chance to do it, because Saul could have wiped him out many times. And there he was, he's all holed up, and he has a couple hundred men. Saul comes 3,000 men. He's done. He's done. He knows it. And guess what? One of his uh, officers or whatever comes and says, ah, the Philistines are coming after you. Gotta, and he just leaves. I'm like, man, wasn't that coincidental? Nothing happens coincidental in the life of a saint. I'm thoroughly convinced. Because that seemed trite. I'm thorough. You read the Bible. Read the Bible. You will be in awe of how God works in practical ways in Christians' lives. It's amazing. It's just amazing. <laughs> and so 
Well, I'm just love. You know, that's the way we need to be. We need to be reading the Word of God because it's so important. God said it, and that settles it. God said it, and that settles it. It's authoritative. And I tell you, when people see uh, the authoritative and, and a person loving the Lord and doing the will of God, it speaks volumes to people nowadays. You know why? They're doing it their way, and it's empty. Always remember, they're doing it their way, and it's empty. When we do it his way, it's fulfilling. It's peace. It's even John said, "What is your ways are the words of eternal life. They're they're what sustains me. They're what invigorates me. They're what what gives me direction. It's everything to him. Yeah, that's the man of God. He wasn't some radical back then. I tell you, God has a group of people living it that way today. What a tremendous blessing." Well, ignorance is not bliss. <clears throat> Seems like some people might think about that. But because obedience is very important, it says in Hebrews 5, verse 9, it says, And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Mm. We're not even saved if we don't obey him. Well, we obey him because we know it's through faith we're saved in G- through Jesus Christ. We had to obey So we had faith. And so a person once said, obedience to God is the most infallible evidence of sincere and supreme love to him. I think that's absolutely true. It's well spoken. Well, it's even criteria for some other things in this life. You know, we, we get the Holy Spirit in our lives and hearts when we accept Jesus and it all to him. And, uh, but it don't just stay there automatically. Now, of course... He still loves us. It says in Acts 5.32, a thought that is interesting. It says, and we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that just follow him, obey him. So we get the Holy Spirit when we accept Jesus because we obeyed him. To be one of his children. We obeyed him when we repented. We said, yes, Jesus you were right. I was living in sin. We, we agree with him. And it's, a mu- it's an interesting note. We get to maintain the comforter when we obey him. What a blessed thought. Meaning also that when we challenge him or we deviate from his past, the Holy Spirit is on the way out. As far as being our comforter and strengthener. Now, he will still be our, our convictor. He's good. He's good. He's so good. He loves us. He, he'll be there in one form or the other, but we want him to be our, the one that strengthens us and comforts our hearts. Back to our uh, passage for in 1 John, where it says, I'd like to read one verse in 1 John 3, verse 24, speaks of this, where it says, Now he who keeps these commandments abides in him and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. So he said directly, you know, you obey him. You get to maintain that Holy Spirit with you. You know why? Because you're maintaining a fellowship with Jesus. Obedience maintains fellowship with Jesus. You're not just saying we love him, but proving we love him. 
So we, we do that. We love him and we want to maintain that good and beautiful relationship. And what a blessing. Now, one says in John uh, 15, 10, if you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I've kept my commandments and abide in his love. And I praise God, we can abide in his love because we keep his commandments. So we're part of another family. We're the kingdom of God. You're part of a family of God, which is more important, any way more important than any blood relationship. You might have a, a high pedigree last name. You, some people feel that way. But if your last name is Saint, and your first name is Saint, and I guess your middle name would be Saint, to get them all in the right wine bracket, then you have, you're in a high pedigree family. And uh, that, that's terribly important to some people. And, but obedience shows that being in that family is very important. But to be in that family and stay in that family, uh, uh, we have to see Jesus, not just our Savior, but the Lord of our life. And that's, that's, that's a little different bracket. See, when he's Lord, then you, you respond differently. Uh, I've never had a Lord in my life. I've never been in a country where they had lordship. I was in a home that practiced lordship just a little. Uh, my father, like I said up front, uh, he, he let us know uh, that he had some authority. I'll just put it that way. And that was a good thing. That was a good, I didn't actually deeply appreciate it all my life, but I sure have learned to deeply appreciate it now because when he spoke certain words or in a certain way, you knew that he meant yay and amen. If you know what that means, he means, and that was a good thing to learn because when he spoke, I learned authority. Every last saint here this morning has somebody that's authority in their lives if they're one of Jesus' children. They're not doing it their way. They're saying, Lord, okay, here's options. And we have these out here today. And we struggle with what to do. And, uh, and, we, and we don't sometimes know the next step to do. And we, we struggle. But I'm telling you, there's lots of principles nowadays on the decisions that we make tomorrow that relate to what we do. There's lots of principles. In fact, every major decision you make, there's principles that can guide you to be biblical. Now, that doesn't mean there isn't more than one option that's biblical, okay? I'm not going to say that. But I'm saying there is plenty of options out there that are biblical, and there's plenty of options that are not biblical, and we need to be those that are people of the word so we can obey our heavenly father. Because therein is the only way that we can shine as lights in this world. Now, somehow time's getting away from me because I had a whole lot here more to say that I can't say. Because I'm not near done, but I'm getting close to supposed to be getting done. And that's the struggle we have. I wish, where was that in that song that was supposed to help me? I'm not sure. Uh, when we follow Jesus, we're people of light, okay? And because we're, we're, we're radically different than the society around us, okay? But uh, notice there's a, a, there's a bracket of people in the Bible we do not want to have anything to do with without their children of disobedience. Children of, you read it in Ephesians 2. It's children of disobedience. And, verse, uh, and also Ephesians 5, verse 6. And they do not walk in the light. And people, you know, and I hear people say, well, you know, I don't know what to do in this situation. I understand. I've said that myself. But I firmly believe if we obey all we know to do today, and I emphasize 
all we know to do. Okay? Because I want to tell you right now, that's not a small task for you and me. I want to tell you right now, at least not for me. So I'll include you. If we, Jesus will give you light for the next step. Amen? Jesus, he cares. He don't want to leave you in darkness. In fact, I firmly believe if you read the scripture closely, read it closely, there's, a, there's darkness out there. There's spiritual darkness that happens to anybody that walks away from the light. Anytime a person does not obey all they know to do, they're bringing darkness into their spiritual life. And that happened, and then all of a sudden, you know, well, we can't find our way. We don't know what to do. That's becoming spiritually dark. And Jesus doesn't want that. See, obedience brings the light and truth into your life. And that's a blessing from God. We don't wander around like, what am I doing? What is right? Read the Bible. Ask good Christian friends. There's, there is direction. We don't want to be children of disobedience. We don't like it. That's the old life. That's what the life was of doing what you wanted to do. God never wanted us to do that way. We obey and we receive his presence and we receive his light in our life and, it, and strength for the journey. <clears throat> we sing a beautiful song. But it speaks to me. Some of the verses, sometimes songs say wonderful things. And I hope this is always true. There's a song, Trust and Obey. Verse 4 and 5 is pretty interesting, actually, in relation to this message. It says, but we never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet, we will sit at his feet or we'll walk by his side in the way. We're reading the Bible. That's exactly what we're doing. We're sitting at his feet. And we're going to walk by his ways. Whatever he says, we will do. Wherever he sends, we will go. Oh, interesting. What he says, we will do. Where he sends, we will go. Never fear. Only trust and obey. Isn't it beautiful? Friends, I tell you, that's a life of complete obedience. You won't know where you'll be. You might know, have an idea where you'll be, but you won't know what you'll be saying to who tomorrow. This is a life for totally abandonment from our own carnal will and totally sold out for Jesus. And that's what he wants. What a beautiful, beautiful opportunity we have. Well, I'll close. I'm not done. But I'll close. Revelations 22, 14, you know what it says. But it means everything. Blessed are they that do his commandments. Happy are you. Is that why there's long faces in our church, in God's churches today? I hope not. Happy are you. Blessed are you that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and they can look forward to heaven. Okay, that's Claire's translation, okay? You always said there's a way it comes to the end. We want to go to that end. There's a pathway, and it's loaded with obedience. Do you love submissive enough to the will of God? What a tremendous blessing we have. Somebody said, we are born subjects to obey God's. To obey God is perfect liberty. Because I will add, to obey Satan is horrible bondage, okay? But we are born subjects, and to obey God is perfect liberty. Who, who, he who does this shall be free. 
secure, and blessed. And you know what else that? There's even more than that. They get heaven at the end of the journey. God bless you with enjoying obedience to your blessed, loving, heavenly Father. Shall we have a closing song?